everyone. This is How's the Bite? There's a question mark after that. I'm Ken Root along with Bob Urban. And today the question of the bite is, is it the fish? Is it the cold? Is it the wind? We are in the midst of a uh, supposedly once in a generation storm right now. So let's go to Bob at Murray Bait and Tackle. He's on the south end of a snowy Guttenberg, Iowa. You can probably make out the uh, big walleye. It could be a little blurry. Bob, how are you doing? Good. Made it to work today. Yesterday we didn't get up here, but um, definitely blizzard-like conditions. Uh, actually had a few fishermen in, um, the Amish boys. Uh, we get quite a few different uh uh, Amish population that come up and fish, uh, and they come on the days where they can't work. So they're putting up a hub and going to go try it out today. But uh, definitely mm-hmm. haven't seen a fisherman for a few days with the blizzard going on. You're not really having to worry about ice thickness in most places right now, are you? No. The reason we're open today, Ken, to be honest with this, is just with the holidays and shopping and stuff, guys. The local folks are able to get on the roads it sounds like the county and out out once you get in the country is pretty brutal but locally it can be deceiving it's not much wind in town and stuff but once you get up on the hills it's pretty bad ice uh came down looked at the channel it looked like the channel is completely frozen now so in the last four days it's really piled on some ice a lot of places are going to be safe uh but we did get some snowfall on top of that so you're still going to want to spud out see what's safe see what isn't just because it's so cold doesn't mean that we're we're 100% six, seven, eight inches of ice all over the place just because that snow can insulate a little bit where the drifts are. Um, it is going to be a challenge to pull tents and stuff through that uh, drifted snow, but we are going to see a lot of activity after Christmas. You talk about a spud bar. What is it? Spud bar can be anything. You can, people make them, but we sell them here at the store. It has a little wedge on it on a pole. It's got some serious weight to it. You just strike down the ice out in front of you while you're from shore, and then you go out a little bit more. Usually about three good taps would be three inches. So one good tap on it, it cuts through about an inch. Another good tap would be two inches. And then the third, if you go through, is about three inches is what they roughly say. Um, some have gauges on them where you could actually use it as a gauge and a ruler. But, yeah, they're they're just something to have along with your safety stuff to spot out. Uh, you'll hear a lot of guys talking about that in different areas. You gave me the names of two men this week who I called and interviewed, and we have those coming up here in just a moment. And both are just delightful to talk to partly because of how much they know and partly because of how excited they are about fishing. Nick Laramie from uh, south of us, fishes down in the Coralville area, really gave me some good information. I really enjoyed speaking with him. Yeah, Nick, uh, you say that. I think that's where he's from is down there, but Nick will fish anywhere. Uh, Actually, uh, both of the gentlemen we'll talk to, they're they just travel. They'll go wherever the ice is, wherever the bite is to experience anything. And, and I'm, I am going to give you those guys, Ken, versus giving you some of the, some of the crabby guys that come into the store that want to talk negatively about it, obviously, but, oh, I didn't get anything. These guys get fish. They do fish. They do really well. 
because they're out. Um, they're putting time on the water. The two guys we're talking to probably in the top top five percent of the customers that come come through, I'd say that put time on the water that we're talking to. Those are the guys that I want to have on the bot podcast. Those are the guys that they're normal fishermen, but they just put time out there. And that's what I tell some of the locals, other weekend guys that just don't get to come out. We try to translate some of their information for them. You'll talk to Nick, a very, very good walleye fisherman, uh, pitches jigs, a lot of, lot of uh, plastics, a lot of different stuff, not as much into the live bait, but um, the younger generation is like that. They're going to, going to all plastics, all artificial on, on walleye fishing a lot. He told me he was 39 years old. He said he still doesn't get too cold. His hands and feet don't get cold, so he thinks he's still good to fish for a while longer, uh, for long periods of time. But he gave me one illustration that stuck in my mind. He said with his electronics dropped down through the ice, he was seeing a five-foot layer of perch in 12 feet of water. And he said, you can hardly keep from catching one, just one after the other. And his numbers of catch and release in a day were huge. But just think of a five-foot thick layer of perch. He did tell me that same thing. Um, nothing that I've seen personally. Uh, but that tells you kind of the congregated numbers up there over the winter. He's talking ice fishing um, by the lock and dams. And I believe... We don't get into it too often here. We just don't have safe enough conditions, but I know they do at Lynxville and I know they do at Genoa, which are the next two dams above us. Without giving a spot away, it's one of those two, I obviously, but seeing those numbers on live scope or seeing those numbers in walls of fish, and he's educated enough to know that that's what those were. That just tells you what's going on with the numbers, why we're one of the best pools in the Midwest to fish for perch. Um, up and down these areas of the upper Mississippi River. Now, let me turn to our second person who is quite different in his technology and what he has. He claims that his garage is his tackle box. And in description of it, he even sent me a picture, which maybe we can post on Facebook. I mean, Les Cooney has quite the array of rods and other items for fishing without getting less in trouble with maybe family or a significant other i'm sure she's well aware of it but less isn't the only guy with that that i that i hear come in um i believe he describes it as our store yeah it's just it's just murray's north up by yeah murray's north Murray's North. There less is yeah, he has the the gear, he has the tactics, and I believe he described it as somewhat of an obsession, which which we're supporting habits here, right? We're supporting different stuff at the store, but no, it might get you in trouble with cash flow or something like that, but uh, with the misses, but around the holidays we see it a lot. There is a lot of tournament fishermen. I don't think less fishes a lot of tournaments. But well, if you know a tournament fisherman, they need to have that lure that was working that day. They need to have 10 of them. So they pile these pegboard hooks in their garage and they, they'll stack 10 of this, 10 of that, 10 of that. Because they, uh, it's just one of those things, confidence in lures, um, a little paranoia if you don't have that. Or if they discontinue to lure, the guys will buy and buy and buy and just have it stacked and piled and 
And yeah, I bet there's several folks out there that have more uh, than I do at the store. We have a really full store. You've always said it, but uh, there's other, there's always somebody with better or bigger and uh, less. I can, I can just know by talking to him that he has a full tackle box garage, as you said. Well, we're going to let you hear both these guys in a minute because that's the bulk of our show today. But I would say this about Les. He's innovative. And because he's got a, uh, a company, you understand he works with his sons, called Dentonator, and they pull dents out of cars, paintless dent removal. He also can fabricate things. And uh, he told me about a snow dog that he has that is a little caterpillar-type puller that he hooks everything to and takes off across the ice with it. Have you seen it? Yeah, actually, Ken, that's that's something that's um, really popular once we get about three, four, five inches of ice where it's safe um, to bring weight out. It's it's a snowmobile, basically, just call it a track machine. And we're seeing a lot more of those uh, to eliminate some of the walking. And like Les said, to pack all of that stuff into a ted and, uh, tent and pull it, all of the technology, it's not light. We're easily at 100 pounds by the time you get a heater, a live scope, a couple propane tank um, if you're out there for most of the day. So, yeah, snow dogs are very common. We could probably talk with somebody directly about a snow dog. I have several guys that local guys that have them and they're just another tool uh, along with everything else. Make it convenient, make it a little easier to get out there and and get to those spots that are of, of long distance. Les is a wealth of knowledge. He's very, very good. There's a reason I had you talk to him. He comes into the store and the guys just sponge him. They just, they just listen. They, and he's okay with talking about all of it. You know, very, very good fisherman um, with all the tools and very knowledgeable. And like you said, he tries different stuff. He has this, he has that, but he's got an arsenal of, of equipment to throw at the fish as well. Bob, we're going to come back to you at the end of the program today to talk about, uh, what people might be looking for for Christmas, either for themselves or for somebody else. But uh, right now, let's go to Nick Laramie, followed by Les Cuny, fishermen that really know their stuff right here where we are on the Upper Mississippi River. Bob Urban recommended that I talk to some fishermen who are pretty uh, bold during this ice fishing season and uh, might give us a little insight in a friendly conversation. And Nick Laramie joins me. Nick, uh, are you looking at fishing right now down around the Cedar Rapids area? Yeah, looking at getting out um, south of the uh, Coralville Reservoir there. We don't want anybody to you know, give away their greatest spot that they've uh, marked on the side of the boat. So by all means, uh, you don't have to do that. But uh, as you are now looking at uh, late this week, it looks like the ice is forming pretty fast, isn't it? Oh, yeah. Yep, yep. I just checked it and uh looked like it just locked up and now it's about two, two and a half down there. So we'll be getting some good ice this week. Right. What do you uh, prefer to fish for here at the beginning of ice fishing season? I prefer walleye and sauger and perch, but, uh, you know, sometimes you got to kind of dance around and scratch the itch with uh, some crappie and bluegill and whatever whatever you can get after in the beginning. 
Now, how sophisticated a rig do you take out with you? Uh, what kind of stuff do you feel you need to be able to catch fish? Well, um, I've used to always just uh, do the old Vexlar and, you know, kind of grew a lot of confidence with that. And believe it or not, we had some schoolie rods the other day on a bussy, three drops down and three perch back to back and did pretty good off a schoolie rod and not even uh, Vexlar. Um, so I have a, I just got a live scope and my buddy was hawking it. So I was doing good on the schoolie rods. <laughs> well, that's wonderful. Have you found that they give you a little edge on knowing how to move the jig to get the fish to hit the, to hit it? Sure do. Yeah. Cause, um, you know, sometimes they're just in a, in a bad mood or a cold front come in. They could be coming up, uh, you know, real slowly and you just kind of got to keep teasing them just like a video game. Um, otherwise you kind of fill a hit and, uh, you know, they could literally just be sitting there waiting for you to drop it back down and you think, oh man, they, they stripped my bait and you could be wiggling your lure with no bait and they'll hit it again. Losing your bait is a common thing no matter what season you fish in. Yep. Uh, you said you prefer to get into some sauger. Have you found that sometimes this time of year you can catch some pretty good sized ones? Yeah, um... You gotta wait to freeze up a little bit more on the Mississippi River, but um honestly, uh for the upper Mississippi River, it's funner than Lake of the Woods and funner than anywhere else I've been ice fishing is when I, I can drop hair jigs down with no bait. Um last year my first day out uh had hundred and sixty five fish by one o'clock. Big saugers, you know, seventeen to nineteen inch saugers, nice big walleye. Um, we even had one day, me and a buddy caught 400 perch on the upper Mississippi. Wow. That is yeah. a lot. I mean, oh, yeah. helps wear you out. 12 foot of water. It was a five foot thick school of perch. It was just incredible. And it was my birthday weekend to top it off. So it was great. <laughs> <laughs> we truly do have, uh, we catch 100, 150 fish days, but, um, you know, obviously getting regular only allowed to keep, uh, to keep six on uh, walleye or sauger. Catch and release. A lot of catch and release. Yep. A lot of catch and release, but it's uh, just such a blast. How do you like what Murray has uh, to offer uh, when you're looking for something new to go in and uh, see if you can uh, catch some species that's been a, bit, a little bit elusive to you? Yep. It's a, it's a great place. Um, you know, for being a, you know, compared to Cabela's and Bass Pro, honestly, I don't really shop at them too often. Um, he's got a lot of selection and a lot of uh, lures that are her go-to lures, um, jig heads, plastics, blades, one-eyes that are, you know, great, great lures for the Mississippi River. He's pretty much got everything there, yeah. anything you need to be successful. Do you use live bait any? I really don't use live bait too often. In the wintertime, um, if I have to, I'll put a, a minnow head on, but... The schoolie rods the other day were just kind of uh, getting crazy there because we actually were out of the boat and uh, it was pretty pretty tough conditions and we didn't we would have used our brain brains would have brought up all of our ice fishing gear but we thought we were gonna find a find a way to get them out of the boat and uh, we just uh, went in there Bob uh, he was nice enough to loan me a auger so I didn't have to buy another auger because I already got two uh, we went out with the schoolie rods and and got some fish got some some fish to clean, but I generally don't use bait, live bait, not too often. I'm 
kind of hair jigs, one eyes, blades, anything that kind of gets a reaction strike out of them. Schoolie rod is the um, plastic reel on top, and it kind of has the metal V with the brown brown handle. It's all all plastic with a little bit of metal, and then it has a little spring bobber at the tip. So you don't really have you know necessarily a reel. I mean it's a reel there, but it's you basically watch the spring bobber go down, you grab the line and pull the fish up, kind of hand line it. You got to watch it, yep, because uh, especially with bluegills, you know, they can hit them spring bobber so light or a crappie, that spring bobber will go up in the air, and, you know, that's a crappie usually. Are you a fish eater? Do you uh, consume your catch? 100%, yep, yep. We actually got pretty lucky. We were just up at Lake of the Woods, and we got some uh, eel pout. It tastes better than crab and lobster. So we, uh, we're we big fish eaters, but mostly crappie, perch, walleye, sauger, and, and that's usually about it. Not too much catfish or bass or anything like that. <clears throat> Nick, it's awfully cold now, and you haven't really decided uh, when you're going to fish next. But uh, mm-hmm. these extreme weather conditions... Are you into that, or are you into more comfort, some comfort in ice fishing to be able to go out there? Um, I'm 39, so uh, I don't get cold feet or cold hands yet. I, yeah, I'm kind of diehard, you know. I go out there, I don't wear really gloves. We'll uh, drill a lot of holes and go hole hop in, and I mean, we have a nice tent and everything, but uh, we prefer to catch if we're going to go out there in the cold. Um, plus, with gear. We got some nice striker bibs and all, all that. Um, you're actually sweating out there when you're moving around, even on a cloudy day. Yeah, yeah. Yep. One more thing about uh, hole hopping. Do you mm-hmm. find that the longer rod gives you a little more stealth with the fish to drop in from a further distance away from where they are? Uh, for me, not. I mean, I got a 36-inch wall. But I guess that's longer than a lot of the little rods. But uh, mostly it's because I'm standing up um, and it kind of gets closer to the hole. It's a little more comfortable. Um, but I guess, you know, to be honest, we were in five and a half at Bussy, and uh, every time we drilled a hole or made a little noise, it seemed like it kind of called them in and they'd investigate, and all of a sudden you start catching again. <laughs> that's about as good as it gets when. You got a fish call going by. That sounds yeah. like a. <laughs> yep. Uh, well, I sure appreciate you talking to us and uh, being a customer at uh, Bob and uh, Murray's Bait and Tackle. And uh, uh, he's a great guy and he recommended you highly, and I can see why. So uh, be safe and good fishing this winter. Thank you. You too. I have found Les Cuny, and he lives up by Lansing and has agreed to join me on this cold morning from his garage. And, uh, Les, it's good to talk to you. Now, how close to Wisconsin are you? I'm kind of a stone's throw away, just up across the bridge, and it's right there. You're an avid fisherman, I understand. Yeah, yeah, I'm kind of known as a uh, fishaholic. Well, there's worse aholics, so I'm glad yes. that that's yours. Tell me what your thinking is of how cold it is right now. Is this time to prep and wait for better weather, or what the hell, just go out there and dig a hole? 
Well, I don't get too afraid of it. I uh, I dress for it, uh, but it is pretty miserable cold right now. Uh, if you, you don't have a tent to set in, uh, probably better off to just kind of back off from a day like today. Tell me about that garage of yours or your uh, mm-hmm. your prep room to get ready to go fishing. Do you have a few things in there that are applicable to fishing? Uh, yeah, my my friends and neighbors refer to it as a, a tackle box. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I've got oh I have no clue. My all my poles hang on the ceiling. I've got poles for any type of fishing that I do. My tackle, well, I I guess the way to put it is it looks like uh, Bob's uh, store blew up in my garage. <laughs> Murray's North, huh? Yep. Well, tell me about fishing poles. You know, for the those of us who don't understand it that well, for fishing well, poles, there's a difference. But is it a major difference or a fine difference between different poles for different uses? Oh yeah, by far there's a there's a big difference in poles for whatever you use them for. Ultralight, you know, if you're going to get out there and fish for panfish, you know, the sensitivity in the pole. Uh, I don't have hardly any poles that are two piece. Uh, that makes them more compact, easier to move around. But I like a solid uh, rod. That way, I can feel anything out there on the end. Heavier rods, you get into jigging. Uh, heavier yet when you're trolling. Uh, I do a lot of fishing for walleye. Uh, I perch fish in the summer a little bit, do a lot of that in the, the winter. Yeah, it all makes a difference. And you need a really strong, heavy pole if you're going to go out musky fishing. Cause yeah, they are, they're a violent bite. Well, I went uh, fishing off the coast of Texas one time with some guys, and they had about uh, oh seven foot long really heavy rods with the big pin reels on them, 125-pound test line. And so as we were staging to go out, one of them said, well, hell, I could I could break this line. And another one said, okay, I'll just put a little harness around you, and I'll get on the pole, and you run off. And in a parking lot, he fought him for about 15 minutes until that man was crawling. He simply could not get away from him. Oh, absolutely! That stuff is strong stuff, and there's it's, it's when you're using uh, a monofilament like that, it's like trying to pull spring is what it's like. If you try to pull a spring away from somebody and just hold it, your arm gives up and pulls you right back. And it's it's a fact that stuff is strong because I was out off the coast of uh, South Carolina shark fishing with a, a fellow that took me out and uh, with some friends of mine and I grabbed the pole and he didn't see it we had a bite and I grabbed it and the drag was not set on the pen reel and two guys grabbed on me to keep me from getting drug into the water so yes mm-hmm. uh, he had the line very powerful yeah I, I bought one for a ride into the ocean there so knowing your equipment makes a big difference too but on that line if I can just keep moving from the component yep. If you snap that line, it'll break. But if you pull on it, like you're saying, uh, to spring, it's less likely to. But if you abrade it or you damage it uh, against a rock or whatever, that will definitely cut down the strength of that line, won't it? Yes, yes. It phrases it. Phrase it. Uh, what I tend to do with any uh, monofilament or fluorocarbon I'm using, 
I always check it. You know, if I, I have a good fight and I'm against something, I'll run my fingers down it. I'll feel if there's a, a little nick in it anywhere. And if there is, I'll shorten up the line and take that part out. So that's why you put more line on than you ever would take off in one pass unless you had a, a big muskie that ran it all out to the far end. So you can yeah. just give it away line over time and keep good line where it needs to be. Yes, absolutely. That's your weakest point is when you get one of those little fray marks in there and nicking it. That's that's the point you're going to lose your trophy fish if you happen to have one on. So what do you rig up in the garage there in the tackle box, as you put it, that uh, gives you an advantage once you go out? Well, there, uh, I've been uh, puttering with some of my rods that I have uh, for ice fishing. I've got, oh, I don't know, around 20 different rods I have for ice fishing. and Some are for the walleye, some are for perch, some are for pan fishing. And uh, I check them. And what I do with all mine, I actually... Mine are all the inline type of reel. Uh, I have a lot of free falls, and I really love those because it takes out the twist in the line. Like a, a open face reel, it's looping back on, and every time you flip the bail and drop line, you've got twist in that line. And if you don't put a swivel in line, that bait might go down there and just sit there and keep spinning. And if you put a little swivel in there, that gives a chance to take some of those twists out of the line. So I always add a swivel about 18 inches up, or even 12 inches, is that as close as that is would be for a short pole. And I put fluorocarbon down from there, and I only put like a four-pound test fluorocarbon on. And that gives me a leader, puts a, a swivel in there to prevent the twisting, because if you're jigging with it, your jig will spin, and that'll put twist in your line. So I always try to make sure I have them prepped for that kind of stuff. Do you always tie on the lures, or do you clip them on? I do both. I have some tied on, because if I want to take that jig and adjust it, turn it just a little bit, that knot will grip it and hold it more horizontal instead of vertical. And then, uh, if, like my jigging spoons and stuff, I will use a, a quick snap on them, because I can replace, replace them quicker. Use the pliers, grab the pliers, grab the quick snap, pop that jig off, and slip another one on. But those those break down after a while, too. So you just need to replace those because they weaken, popping open. Les Cuny, you are a wealth of information. I recall watching a woodworking show on TV years ago, and they had this guy named Norm who would uh, do all this uh, woodworking and make it look so easy. And one of the producers said, uh, Norm doesn't change bits in his router. He changes routers. He has about 20 routers, and they all have a different bit in So maybe you're the same way with a fishing pole. You just have the same rig um, with a different jig, and you're ready to go. Oh, absolutely. In the boat, I will have six, seven poles sitting there for fishing, and I'll reel one in, put it aside, and grab the other one to switch out the type of crankbait I want to use or if I break a line off. Well, tell me about jigs, and tell me – what people should know if they're going to go ice fishing on the upper Mississippi or in some farm ponds in the area, is there a smaller number that you could bracket down so they don't have to take your garage with them? Well, that's a tough one for me. Because, uh, when I go out, I almost need a little trailer behind me to pull all my gear that I like to take. But <laughs> I, I do narrow it down. Uh, 
because there's sometimes way too much to take. Uh, the, the jigs, you know, it's it's kind of a what they what you think they might want at the time, and uh, it, what worked yesterday might not work today. So you know, large jig or larger jigs are real small ones. I perch fish a lot in the winter, and to figure out what they want is a little tough. If they come in, I watch them come in, and I put the camera on down there to, at first to look for fish to see if they're there. But back to the jig part anyways, uh, if they don't seem to be interested in it, it, it might be too big a bait, So and it might be too big a jig. And I use a lot of tungsten because you, you can get real small and get down there quick. Because when the fish come in, you want to be ready for them. Perch are always on the move. As for size-wise, my goodness, there's such a variation now. I keep pretty much of one color. I probably have four sizes. And the size can make a difference with them, too. Uh, you could start out with the smallest one, and they're hitting it, taking it real quick, and swallowing the hook, so move up. And you might be catching a lot of little ones, and the bigger ones aren't coming near it. Change it, go up to a bigger size, bigger bait, bigger fish. When I use minnows, I tend to use walleye minnows for perch because the bigger perch are going to eat them. Well, on this tungsten jig, I didn't check this on the periodic table of elements, but is it heavier than lead? Oh, yes, yes, yes. And it's for the environment, it's much safer. Uh, you're not If you lose the jig, it ends up in the water. It's not lead in the water. It's tungsten, and that doesn't break down like lead would in the water. Very interesting. Now, is there anything else that, you think we've talked about your clothes because you were talking about the cold weather, your rods, even your inline reels here that you're talking about for ice fishing, the line and the jigs and live bait. Is there anything else that or would convey to people to let them know another edge that you use to catch fish? I don't fish in a pack. Uh, if some, there's a pile of people in one area, uh, that's a lot of competition. I get out away from them. There's too much noise over there, too. Uh, what I always do, when I go down, I will drill a hole. I'll drop a camera down, look around. Uh, I actually have a my son's uh, live scope. I'll put that down in there, scan around, look to see if there's any fish there. There's fish there. I will be very tickled. Then I don't have to go much further. And then after that, I do drop the camera down to see what kind of fish is down there. And if it's what I'm looking for, I drill my holes. And I try to drill all the holes I feel I need and then some extras so I don't have to do any more drilling after that. And if you get the fish in there and you start catching them, you don't have to drill any more holes and scare them away. You're on them. Technology is very important to have anymore. If you want to catch fish, you need your technology. Bob could even tell you that. You know, it makes a big difference. Just going out there and feel like you know the area well and drill a hole and feel like you're going to catch a fish. Yeah, you're, you're doing good. That's the old school way. Uh, but anymore, if you want to step your game up, I have maps, GPS mapping on my fish finder. I, I go out, I use that, I find my places, I mark the locations for next time. Doesn't mean the fish will be there next time, but these are the spots I tend to find the fish piled up at. You can be a fishing consultant. Have you ever thought of that? Do you you charge uh, admission to get into your tackle box? <laughs> no, no. Well, you might have to bring me a Budweiser. But... <laughs> When do you plan looking at the weather to get back on the river? Well, they're talking a lot of wind for us right now, and I haven't gone out, but I would have gone out today. But with the weather coming in, it would make it good fishing, too, with that front moving in again. 
but I'll probably be out maybe maybe Sunday uh, or Monday, one of them two days. I know it's Christmas. We we're having our Christmas next weekend, so freeze me up on the day where everybody else will be home. It's just a delight to listen to your logical explanation of all these elements and to imagine your garage, tackle box, as you call it, uh, and all the things that you have. Do you have any other hobbies? I'm very strong in this, but I love hunting. Uh, I do hunt, uh, but fishing is an obsession. It has been my whole life, you know, ever since I was a little kid. Uh, my first, I was probably six years old. My first pole was a 10-foot-long cane pole with a uh, inline reel on it. <laughs> so that's kind of where I got started. I knew I needed a better pole than that back then uh, when I was little, but I thought that's all there was. Well, thank you for your time. I'm gonna. Are you a listener to the podcast that we do? Oh, I'm a loyal li- listener. I uh, I get his podcast out to everybody. I tell them and I'll send them links to it so they can listen to it. I was up in St. Paul at the Ice Ex Fishing Expo, and I I told half a dozen people about it. I said, you know, you you want to listen to this? I said, this is local fishermen. These aren't pro fishermen going out fishing all the time and telling you stuff. These are the people that fish the water. They're just just like you and me. Hang in there. All right. You take care. Have a Merry Christmas. Well, Bob, we're back after getting to hear from Nick Laramie and also from Les Cooney. And uh, let's talk about the day and a half we have left before Christmas, what do you think um, people are really might need from the store that they can take home for a Christmas surprise or they can just put it under the seat of the truck and uh, after the blizzard goes away, they can fish with it? Well, we're, we got a few more days. We, we fast forwarded a few days. I did the 10 days of Christmas, 10 different gift ideas. And boy, do we see folks come in because of that. Uh, I think they do need some help. Um, if they don't know what a fisherman uses or what their husband or nephew or grandkid uses, um, they are coming in and buying gift certificates. That's the number one of the last two two days of Christmas here that we have to purchase for. We weren't really open yesterday with the blizzard. We are here Friday um, till 5 o'clock. So, Bob, you're really not uh, closing the store except for the actual day of Christmas. And then are you closing also for New Year's Day? No, New Year's Day is a really big fishing day for us. Um, they come in a little bit later with New Year's Eve partying and stuff. But nope, New Year's Day, we're always open. The only three days we're ever closed here at the store is Christmas, Thanksgiving, and Easter. Those are the three days that we're closed. Three days I think you should spend with your family, friends, and everything else. To be honest with you, Ken, those days after, um, the days before uh, folks are fishing, and that's what we want to we want to cater to them. Bob, I want to wish you a Merry Christmas to you and your family and the family there at the store. Uh, some people, I think, may love you guys more than their own uh, kin folks, but you have some great employees and some great customers, and uh, God bless them, everyone. Yeah, and same, Ken, all of our listeners, all of our customers, uh, it is a little family up here, a little uh, congregation we have most days, most weekends, so um, if they don't get in with the storm, I don't get to see them. Hopefully they're listening in and we can wish them the happy holidays as well. Mm-hmm.